0: Alright, what up, people? Welcome to episode two of the to Reach Podcast. Today, we will be reviewing Power. Uh, not more so much a review, but you know, a recap of episode four of Power Book Two Ghosts, titled The Prince. After Monet agreed to do business with him, Tariq initiates his play to control the drug market on campus while insulating him and Monet's involvement. Uh, it's a pretty decent episode. I hate to say not much happened because the way this, the way this, uh, I guess you could say series is not necessarily a season of power, but the way this series has gone, hasn't been much, uh, action Well, power was never really an action based show, but there hasn't been much going on except for most of the legal shit. So not much happened in this one. I'm not sure where it will rank in the four episodes so far of the ones that I liked, but, uh, definitely a decent episode, instead of The Prince, they probably should have named it Is You Fucking, because this was definitely the horniest episode of Power I've never fucking seen, but, uh, decent episode nonetheless, uh, we're gonna break this shit down, probably try to keep it as short as possible, I don't want it to run too long, I don't like podcasts running too long, especially when it's about one episode, but, uh, uh, I'm gonna get back to you, uh, this is just the intro, and, uh, when I come back, we're gonna dive right into this shit. Alright, so we back, like I said, Power Book 2 Ghost, episode 4, The Prince, uh, this started off basically picking up right where we left off with, uh, the deal between Tariq and Monet. Basically, uh, Tariq wants Monet to be a supplier and he's going to be dealing on campus. Now, granted he had to move out of the dorm that he was in with Zeke, who is, uh, Monet's nephew. She doesn't want Zeke involved in any of that bullshit. I understand. He got a future in basketball. He doesn't need to be involved with what's going on. I mean, I'm pretty sure Zeke is aware of, uh, what they do but I'm pretty sure Monet just doesn't want him around it but she was basically telling Tariq like look make sure the money's on time make sure you always pay in cash she told him these kids at Stanfield I think that's the name of the school Stanfield they got a lot of money so if you come up short that's on you but as we learn, Tariq already has a plan that worked much better than he expected clearly but not gonna lie, I'm kinda impressed with Tariq. Seeing his growth over power. I could not stand this motherfucker, but it's kinda hard not to like him now. Uh from him saying, Teach me the motherfucking game, goes to him clearly knowing the game, the way he running game on these motherfuckers on campus. But uh he's thinking he's going to meet Simon Stern to pitch his idea of this uh this tutoring app, which he's gonna use to deal on campus and to his surprise and mine, he's meeting with simon stern's husband now if i'm not tripping maybe i forgot i had to go back and look but simon stern was didn't he have a wife when uh he was a prominent character in power i can't remember what season it was when he was fucking with uh with ghost but i thought he had a wife i'm not sure but that defeats the purpose Obviously, uh, Simon Stern's husband is an opportunist. And him and Tariq strike a deal because apparently I believe uh, he's a coder as well. So I think he creates the app for Tariq. Uh, He gets 5% of the deal. And all of it is paid in cash. Obviously, Tariq wants all of it paid in cash, going back to what Monet just stated to him. Make sure the money's always in cash. Although he doesn't only have to pay Monet, he has to pay the lawyer Davis, played by Method Man and Paula as well, which we will get to later on. But uh, we get to class. Tariq gets to class and I can't remember the name of the program or scholarship, but it will allow the student to graduate in three years instead of four. Which I'm pretty sure Tariq would definitely want Considering he can't get The money from his father's will Until he graduates college Pretty sure Tariq doesn't even want to be here He's just doing that So he has that money to take care of his family I'm pretty sure he would much rather get that done sooner than later But His little shorty Lauren also wants it For different reasons obviously Uh we learned that when she goes to dinner that she wants it because of her parents who are some fucking sticklers. Uh typical kind of it was kinda of cliche, but I didn't have a problem with it. Uh so she um she pitches to Professor Reynolds to come to dinner, I guess to uh impress her parents. Uh this nasty motherfucker man look, this nigga dog he has sex with one of his grad students in the last episode. Lauren wasn't even trying to get the dick from the dude, dog. She just wanted the nigga to come to the dinner with her parents. He's like, oh, oh, oh what you mean? Off campus? Yeah, off campus, you nasty nigga at her parents' house. So I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of interested to see how that's going to turn out. Hopefully he Hopefully he's not he not fucking all these grad students, dog. But uh, he also pitches that it would be a good idea to invite Professor Milgram as well and another student to the dinner. And then Tariq steps in and he say he would like to go. I assumed he was just going for Lauren, but obviously he may be going because of the uh, the program as well. But once that scene is done... And the dinner is set We get the Monet and Kane Talking to the uh What was it GDG The clown ass social media niggas Who doing dumb shit On Instagram live That uh Drew went to see in last episode To tell him chill the fuck out They're talking And uh Monet is basically cutting them off And the leader Quote unquote Of gdg or gtg whatever the fuck it is uh kinda calls monet out of her name and she catches it and she said i want you to say that shit to my face and then we have kane is a savage part four this nigga has done something savage like in every single episode so far the first episode he killed the dude that he was arguing in the party with after he got the neck from the nigga's girl in episode 2 he took out his uncle episode 3 wasn't wasn't so savage but he was definitely about to kill that fucking cop so you know what point 3 for kane and this one he beat the dog shit out of this nigga so uh kane is a savage kane is clearly the muscle kane is the enforcer but I don't think Kane wants to just be the enforcer, but that seems to be the role that Monet wants for him most. And speaking on Monet, it's been four episodes. And I'm just... I like the character of Monet. But I don't like Mary J. portraying the character of Monet, if that makes sense. She's just not coming off believable. And I don't want to say the acting is bad. It's just... I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much about enough crime, Mary J. Blige. But I guess it's the way she's delivering the lines and I'm just not buying her as this character. It's coming off as if she's trying too hard to portray that she's this stone cold motherfucker. But I like the I like the depth in Monet's character. You can tell that she's serious about this business. But she's also a mother with three kids who are somewhat involved in this business. And she has to think about their needs and their futures and their well-being, which uh, shows a lot when uh, she gets to the scene with Drew. But uh, Tariq and Brayden start breaking down how the business is going to work. And it seems legit. Uh, They got an app. They got kids who actually want to be tutored they get students on campus to work for them obviously there's two different apps uh i think he said there's a regular service which is for the kids who actually want to be tutored then there's the previous the mm, previous then there's the premium service for the kids that's trying to get fucked up which co- which is college so that's probably going to be 70% of the kids on the fucking campus which is why i'm not sure how Tariq didn't see this blowing up he didn't even have enough product to Enough product to give these people He ran out quick But that's a good thing As long as Monet see he's making money Which also comes to the fact That she sent Drew to spy on this motherfucker Kane wanted to do it I wouldn't send Kane To spy on a goddamn thing But you can tell With the children As far as Diana, Drew and Kane Like I said, Kane is the enforcer Kane is the muscle when you want some shit done, when you want some shit handled, you send in Kane. When you want to be strategic, you send in Drew. And I guess when you, I would say when you want to be deceptive, you send in Diana. I feel like they're giving her that role because she's the woman. She's fine as hell. She can get away because she's the woman. But it seemed that's the way that it's going. I would like to see how that plays out because you can clearly tell that this is not something Drew wants to do. Drew doesn't Drew doesn't feel comfortable in the family business and you can kind of notice it in episode two when they were at the dinner and uh, he asked Tariq what kind of art like he was interested and you see in this episode that he is interested in art when Monet sends Drew to spy on Tariq Tariq has an art class to go to and he gets extremely comfortable to the point where Tariq is able to sneak off and ditch Drew while Drew is flirting with one of Tariq's classmates. They dive straight into it. Uh, Drew is gay. They they go straight into it. They don't even ease you in. He's flirting with the dude in class and then about 30 to an hour later, he's checking this nigga's tattoo out and now he's about to get some ass Which is not the first time someone's about to get some ass in this fucking episode or got some ass. But uh, that backfires on Drew because while he's trying to fucking get busy and get the buns and shit. He's getting phone calls. And first of all, he lost Tariq. Monet. wants Diana. To call Drew. To find out what's going on. She puts him on speakerphone. He says that he lost Tariq. But he knows that. Tariq needs more supply. Because Tariq has been texting him. Or calling him. While he's been flirting. With Tariq's classmate. And uh, so. Diana sends him up. mm, I'm sorry. Monet sends Diana up there. Monet sends Diana up there for Drew. First of all. She goes to Tariq's room looking for Drew, and looking for Dick, obviously, because she couldn't wait to get this motherfucker in a room by himself, count two of horny motherfuckers on power this episode, so, oh shit, hold on, sorry about that, so, uh, she hits, it was, it was kind of cliche, because, uh, she said, well, you know, I think he said something along the lines of, Monet doesn't want You around me and she's like well Monet ain't here Yeah well you a fast ass little motherfucker Soon as they get the kiss and Drew walks in Drew knows what's going on Asking what the fuck they doing in here And uh that's the end of that I think the next scene we see Drew He's in the shower back at home And Monet's asking What did he get on him And he basically lets Monet know that Tariq was already hip to the fact that He was there to spy on him from the get go Uh, he didn't really learn anything on what Tariq is doing, which to my surprise, Monet was okay with because that means he's careful, uh, as she's going to get the money out of Drew's bag, she notices a drawing of, uh, a man's body. I'm not sure if she was taken aback by the man's body in the drawing or the drawing itself or maybe both, but, uh, she gave Drew a nice speech about, uh, how their dad, how his dad thinks that Drew is soft, he can't handle the business, but she knows that Drew is strong. She knows that Drew is smart. He's strong, but he's not strong in a way Kane is strong. But Kane's way is not the only way to be strong. If I feel like if there was a choice to run the business, to take over, it would probably be Drew over Kane. Because Kane is more along the lines of a Tommy drew was along the lines of a ghost ghost was always calculating ghost always had a plan ghost didn't just go in guns blazing tommy was a fucking loose cannon kane is definitely a loose cannon kane is not the type you want having run a business and we saw how many problems tommy had when he was trying to run his own drug business so i think those two definitely mirror each other i'm kind of curious how this works out for drew I'm not going to lie. I feel like it's not going to work out great. I feel like about the end of the season. Drew is probably going to end up dead. One of these kids is going to end up dead. It's going to be Kane or Drew. But uh, I'm definitely afraid that it's going to be Drew. Uh, Sacks is still a dirty motherfucker. Uh, it catches up to him kind of. Because they bring Blanca and Blanca Rodriguez in. To, uh, I'm not sure what they call this shit. But. She was basically telling her side of the story as far as some of the dirty shit that Sachs has done, basically uh, <clears throat> persuading Lorenz Tate's character, Rashad Tate, to give uh, a false statement basically on Ghosts. Back when they went to him for a statement, and Sachs basically told him, "Look, you give us a statement we want to hear, and we can put this motherfucker behind bars." But it also came back on Blanca because she I'm not I'm not sure the term they use issued the statement, but she was OK with it, basically. So it's a wash for the both of them, which means they then brought in Rashad Tate. Who was completely OK with telling the world that Ghost was a murdering, and drug dealing motherfucker, but the DNC didn't give a shit what he wanted their words, not mine. And they want him to clear the name of Ghost. So he went in and fucking lied his ass off. And Method Man's uh, character, uh, Davis, I can't remember the first name, Davis, called him out on it. <clears throat> and after the hearing, so to say, was done, one of my favorite lines of the episode, You a lying-ass nigga. <laughs> the thing with Sax and Tate is... They fucking snakes. But for some reason, and I may be alone with the Sax thing, but I would like to see Sax get taken care of. But I love seeing the character of sax He's always entertaining, even though he's a piece of shit. But I definitely don't want to see too much of him. Uh, I was hoping that he would have died in the last season, but let's move on from this motherfucker. Uh, <clears throat> Tariq is definitely his father's son. Like I said, as far as him having to pay Davis and Paula, the lawyers that are um, on Tasha's case. He has to pay them in cash. And Paula is starting to catch on to the fact that where is he getting all this cash from? We know who his father is. We know who his mom is. He could definitely be involved in something. Davis doesn't give a shit long as he's getting paid. Paula is nervous because they have to deal with this, obviously. So she goes to speak to Tariq and tells him that you can't be giving us cash. You need to wire the money. And she's asking where he's getting the money from. And this motherfucker with a straight face lied and told her that he's stealing it from his grandmother. I mean, If I didn't know any better, I'd have believed the little motherfucker. But she also noticed when he was putting the cash that she returned to him in his bag that he had a gun. Which Tasha told him to get. After uh, Lorenzo Tejada basically called and said, hey, Tariq does what we say and he's good. If he doesn't, he's dead. So apparently Ghost and Tommy had drops all around the city. One of them was in a laundromat and Tasha sent him there to get a weapon just to take care of himself. This is definitely going to come back. We're going to come back to this because there's no way you're just going to give Tariq a gun. During the season and he doesn't use it. He's going to use this shit on somebody. And it might even backfire on him. To the point where now. He's involved in some shit that he needs to get out of. As far as the law. But. uh, After that. Tariq went to pick up. um, The gun. Which means he's going to be late for the dinner. And he's been texting Lauren. And Lauren. His classmate Lauren. And Lauren says first of all you know. Get some flowers for my mom. She loves flowers. It'll make a nice impression on her. The dinner is at 7. Be there at 7. My mom doesn't like tardiness. What was this motherfucker? Tardy. Flower shop was closed. He couldn't get flowers. He was late for the dinner. Uh, Lauren's mom and dad were on his ass from the jump. Not real harsh like, but you could tell they were judging him. Kind of, be- maybe because they knew that he was the competition. Maybe because they some snooty motherfuckers. Either way. The thing was, Lauren, Tariq, and Lauren's parents aren't even the topic of the dinner. It's Professor Reynolds and Professor Milgram's childish ass. Like, these, they're supposed to be professional. They're supposed to be professional. They're professors working on the same campus. The dinner is supposed to be about these children, and they're making it about themselves and their petty, love, toxic-ass relationship that they got going on. And it's kind of ridiculous. Professor Reynolds is definitely a clown because he's a grown ass man. But Professor Milgram ain't no better. Y'all supposed to be two educated professors at a campus and you acting like you're in fucking high school. It was basically a dick measuring contest. And Lauren and Tariq pretty much noticed this and Lauren asked Tariq to go help her with something. And here we get Tariq Bitches St. Patrick Part 2. What? He's a ladies' man. The nigga playing the game. Lauren has a boyfriend, first of all, that lives in D.C. That Tariq learns about, and apparently she doesn't give a fuck. So there's definitely something there where she feels uh a little distant from her boyfriend. Maybe it's just not working out. Maybe she's he's not her type, or maybe she's fucking eighteen in college and she wants to have her fun. I'm going to go with the latter, but uh cliche line. She says, I know you're here for the competition. And he's like, yeah, you're right. And another thing, it's a secret, whatever. They end up kissing. And as they end up kissing, like he did with Diana early on in an episode, someone comes through the door. Who is it? Surprise. It's Lauren's fucking boyfriend, uh, Malcolm. His her parents love Malcolm. You can tell why, he's a scholar, very well spoken. It almost seems like not an arranged marriage, but it's like, hey, this is who we want you to be with, and that may be why Lauren isn't really comfortable in a relationship. Maybe she feels like, maybe, she, maybe the fact that her parents are forcing this relationship on her, which it seems like, is making her reject it and fall more in the line of someone like Tariq. But we'll see how that plays out. I. Malcolm ain't important it ain't gonna last long Tariq is finna get one or both of these women I'm not really sure who I'd rather Tariq be with to be honest I don't care they both seem like they ain't shit but uh yeah this episode definitely should have been titled sexual tension because right after this we get to Professor Milgram and Professor Reynolds again they go back to the campus together what are they doing arguing about one another Professor Milgram reveals that she knew Professor Reynolds fucked his grad student in the last episode. Now, I did not know. I thought he did that on purpose. I thought he heard her door open and started fucking his student on purpose up against that wall so she could hear. But apparently that's not the case because he was pretty surprised when she revealed that she knew. And she said, uh. He said, yeah, I know you're fucking your grad student. And this nasty student fucking nigga said, which one? Something got to be done about this nigga. First of all, I'm Professor Reynolds and Milgram are kind of annoying me. I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but their whole relationship dynamic is annoying me. I'm not really sure what it adds to the story. Hopefully, it adds something. If not, it's just kind of annoying because they did this two episodes ago where they were arguing and had sex. And now they do it again. And well, I ain't going to lie, Professor Milk my kind of woman. But that's not the point. Uh, they're doing it again. They're probably going to do it another time. They're probably going to do it next episode. Either they end up together or they don't. To be honest, I don't care if they do. I would rather them not because they're both clowns, but uh, I'd rather just move on from this Milgram and Reynolds story. I don't give a fuck. Only thing I care about them being is professors, their relationship isn't important. But that's not the end of the issue fucking episode of power, because apparently Davis is fucking Paula and Davis is married because Paula Tends to remind him hey don't forget this Put your wedding band on Uh, I can't remember what she said His wife's name was but I'm pretty sure she'll notice that I know I would And uh In the midst of that conversation She gets the money Wired to her From uh Tariq She gets the money wired to her from Tariq And she said It's from a shady LLC which means she's still curious about Davis. Again, Davis doesn't care as long as they're getting paid. But after the Blanca situation didn't work out, since Blanca kind of has a motive to speak out against Sachs, they need to find someone who doesn't. Which brings them back to Tamika, who Tasha fired. They tried to get Tamika's help, I think. I'm not sure if it was last episode. I think it was. And Tamika told them no. Davis sends her flowers. Davis serves up papers. So she's going to be involved in this. Whether she wants to or not. Also. Tariq is showing that. Uh, he is definitely more so his father's son. Because Tariq is smarter than I expected. I had to backtrack a little bit. Sax's niece. Got uh, caught with weed or drugs or something. And they bought her two Sax. As opposed to arresting her. And Sax issues her help. I guess she wants her to, uh, I guess he wants her to spy on Tariq, or not so get some information on Tariq, because she, he didn't even want her speaking to Tariq, but they go to a party where Brayton and Tariq is, and, uh, Tariq notices that she's kind of shady, but Brayton, who's a pussy-hungry motherfucker, thirsty motherfucker, doesn't give a fuck. So they're flirting, and, uh, Scott is also at the party, who's the guy who's, also serving drugs on the campus Tariq wants to get rid of the competition so Tariq tells a guy that Brayden is the one selling drugs on campus who, Tariq, who Scott was looking for this guy goes and tells Scott Scott picks a fight with Brayden Brayden got hands Brayden beat that nigga ass so not only did he get his ass beat by Brayden we also find out he's been suspended for punching a Weston so now, just like that, Tariq has gotten his competition off of the campus. That Western power is definitely going to come in handy. But I think, I don't know, it may backfire on Tariq. One thing I've learned in power, you can never take anything for granted. Nothing good ever lasts too long. The shit you take advantage of always comes back to you eventually. But uh, after we find out that Davis is fucking Paula. And we find out that they serve Tamika the papers. That's uh, that's pretty much the end of the episode. Not much happened this episode. Like I said, not much happened except for a lot of fucking. But we also find out that next week is the mid-season finale, and it's only episode five. So I'm kind of curious how many episodes are gonna be in this season. I'm gonna think maybe about twelve or thirteen also no Power Book 2 Ghosts was renewed for a second season, which surprised me because I thought this was just going to be a one-off, but apparently they want to keep this going. I'm curious to see if the other spinoffs, like the one with Tommy Kanan and Rashad Tate, are going to get the same treatment, but uh, this was a decent episode. I look forward to the mid-season finale. It seems like a lot of shit is going to go down. They always try to tease you and say you won't believe what happened, even though we probably will believe what happens, but... We'll see. Uh, I'm not really gonna rate the episode, but if I had to give it a rate, and I give it a B plus, it was cool. It was just I could do without all the sexual tension in the episode. Shit wasn't needed. It seemed kind of forced too. Like we only four episodes in. Let some of the shit build up. You see what I'm saying? But that's Power Book two. Ghost episode four. The Prince. Uh, I'm gonna be doing these every Monday. Every Monday, y'all gonna get uh, reviews of Power. Obviously next week will be the last review for I guess a few months or I have a long the mid season break last. But can definitely look forward to it and uh I'm out at y'all. Peace.